the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Well, we're glad to have you with us, folks, for the uh, Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. We do this every weekend on AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Uh, Alan Dempsey is our engineer today, and Andrew Herdliska produces this show. Uh, Wayne Peterson is with us in this first half hour. His uh, title, President of Reach Beyond, but we're going to talk about his new book called Reach Beyond, Comfort, Courage, and the Cause of Christ. Wayne, very nice of you to join me. How are you doing? Well, thanks, Pat. Uh, good to talk to you, and it's exciting to talk about what God is doing in other places of the world. We don't hear much about it in this country, but God is at work in places like Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Is that the meat of your book here? Well, it really is. The, the book is God's stories about uh, some of the least-reached places of the world where, uh, where governments are turning upside down and Christians are are being persecuted for their faith, and yet we see hundreds of thousands of people coming to Christ. Iran is the fastest-growing church in the world. The second fastest-growing is Nepal. Mm. Unlikely places to see the growth of the church today. Uh, There are eight interesting chapters in this book. In the first chapter, Wayne, you simply say, God hasn't stopped working. Uh, What are you uh, telling us there? What's, uh, What's happening here? Well, we're seeing a Pentecost every hour, 3,000 people around the world coming to Christ each hour. And this is, I I think, 2014 is similar to the Book of Acts, where we see the advance of the gospel in unlikely places. And God is accelerating the the cause of of his kingdom these days with people in the Muslim world, uh, Hindus, atheists coming to know Christ. So we're focusing our energies as reach beyond on reaching places that are less than 2% Christian, places like the Gulf region, uh, the Central Asia region, uh, North Africa, Middle East, uh, places like Nepal and Thailand. Thailand is 0.5% Christian, and yet we're in the process of planning 100 radio stations there that will declare God's love. Second topic I want you to get into, go south, the birth of a vision. Well, it all happened uh, over 80 years ago when our founder, Clarence Jones, built a little radio station in Quito, Ecuador, and called it World Radio Missionary Fellowship. And that was the beginning of giant shortwave that reached into the former Soviet Union, and that has grown into uh, 500 community FM radio stations we planted around the world. And we're seeing the movement of God in the global south, in uh, South America, in uh, the so-called 1040 window in places like Nepal, places like Africa, where we're seeing a rapid advance of the gospel as the global church pushes south and east, and whereas the U.S. and Europe used to be the center of Christianity with 90% of the believers, today two-thirds of the believers live outside North America and Europe. Radio is a big part of that? Radio is a huge part of it, because uh, in Africa, for example, radio is the prime source for information, entertainment, and communication. So we've planted over 100 FM radio stations in Africa. Now social media, with the use of Internet, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, we'll be able to reach people that have tablets and smartphones in some of the least-reached places of the world. The next topic I want you to talk about, Wayne Peterson is our guest. His book is called Reach Beyond, uh, Reaching the World with Both Voices and Hands. What, what's that about? Well, we call ourselves the voice and hands of Jesus, the voice being the media and hands being the health care. And uh, we've got a couple of hospitals in Ecuador, one in the jungle, one in uh, the capital city, Quito. But we're using that to train uh, Latin Americans to go around the world and share the love of Christ. 
So we're putting in wells in places where they don't have access to clean water. We're putting in latrines and teaching hygiene and sanitation. And by doing that, we can eradicate about half the diseases in those villages. We're bringing primary preventive health care to places that uh, people are hurting with a lot of disease and poverty and ignorance. And you put in a community FM radio station and put in a clean water well and latrines, and you can change a community in a very short amount of time. Jesus went to the villages proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing all kinds of diseases. So that's what our ministry does as well. Now I want you to, to talk, Wayne, about the power of partnership. Everything we do is through local partners. We only go where we're invited by local partners. Uh, Local partners make it possible for the work to be sustained long after the missionaries leave. So at one time, we were a doing ministry. We'd send missionaries in to do the work. Today, we're an equipping ministry. We train locals that know the language and know the culture. They're already there, and they're the best able to reach their uh, colleagues, their countrymen, with the gospel of Christ. So it's no longer the Western Buana coming in with all the answers. We come alongside of people and give them the tools, the knowledge, the equipment uh, for them to reach their country with the gospel. The name of the book is Reach Beyond, Comfort, Courage, and the Cause of Christ. Uh, The author, Wayne Peterson, he joins us uh, from his home in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Now, Wayne, technology changes... Our mission remains. Well, we have gone from little AM stations to giant shortwave stations to FM community stations around the world. Now God has given us all these tools of shortwave, satellite, Internet, Facebook. Uh, We're using uh, Skype to disciple people in some of the least reached places of the world. God has given these wonderful tools in social media. Some of our oldest, oldest partners are now... Uh, streaming and podcasting uh, to people that they wouldn't ordinarily reach through traditional media means. So we're using every tool God gives us to reach as many people as possible. Paul said, using all means to reach some. When you write a heart for the hurting, uh, what are you saying? Well, we're saying that Jesus not only cared for people's eternal benefit, he cared about their temporal needs as well. And so he generated um, a healing ministry and touching blind people and lepers and on and on. Uh, He cared about uh, people where they live and their poverty and their needs. Wayne Peterson has uh, been our guest in this segment. Uh, He's got a meeting that he's got to get to, so I'm very glad that we could visit with him. Uh, His book, Reach Beyond, Comfort, Courage, and the Cause of Christ, uh, there were two interesting chapters uh, that we didn't cover with him, but I'm going to cover them with you. Uh, one of them, the seventh chapter, is called Boldly Going. And, and, and listen to this. There are more than 1,000 Christian radio stations in America. And every day, the thousands of men and women who work for these stations give millions of listeners <clears throat> the music and teaching programs that inspire and encourage them. We have grown so accustomed to the profusion of Christian broadcasting stations on our radio dials, that we don't give it much thought. But in many other countries around the world, Christian broadcasting is rare. And the people who serve Christ by creating and disseminating Christian programming face daunting challenges and fierce opposition. Some of these workers have even paid with their lives. I want to tell you about one of these brave souls, but my description will be incomplete, writes Wayne Peterson. That's because I can't share his real name, the names of any of the people or organization he works with, or even the name of the country where he lives. To do so would only further endanger many others who carry on Christ's work today. For now, let's call him Joseph. Seeing his people entrapped by spiritual and social darkness is the burden that breaks his heart and drives him to action. Joseph decided God wanted to use him to reach these needy people by producing radio programs that share the love of Jesus, something that very few people in the region have ever experienced. This year, Joseph's calling almost cost him his life. On a trip this spring to their home nation, his wife was arrested by local authorities, but they weren't really interested in keeping her. She soon became a pawn to reach Joseph and stop his growing radio ministry. Joseph was informed that his wife would not be released unless he turned himself in to face trial. 
To Joseph, there was no decision to be made. His wife and ministry were worth any price he had to pay. He made his way to the city where his wife was being held and turned himself in. While his wife was released, he was immediately thrown into prison, beginning a two-month journey of suffering and uncertainty. But God raised up an army of believers around the world who prayed for Joseph every day. After a short time in prison, we received word that Joseph had been severely beaten. A couple of local believers were allowed to bring him food and medical supplies, without which Joseph may likely have died. But in a strange twist, word reached his family that he had not been beaten by the guards. Instead, he was beaten by other inmates who recognized his voice from radio. In spite of the pain and fear he suffered, this confirmed to him that people were indeed listening to the gospel. And while their reaction was violent, he knew that one day God's spirit could bring life to the seed that had been planted. About a month later, God again confirmed his gracious hand on Joseph's life. A local judge granted him bail due to the violence he experienced in prison. Some local believers took Joseph in and helped him to recover. Two months later, Joseph was forced to stand before the judge for sentencing. Knowing that he was facing the prospect of being imprisoned again, his faith in God's goodness remained undeterred. Praise erupted around the world when word spread that Joseph had been released after paying a relatively small fine. He was able to leave the country and, yes, went right back to the studio to resume developing programs that lift the name of Jesus even to those who are now even though for those who now hate his name, Joseph sets a standard for us all. He knows that God has called him to reach the next generation, regardless of the cost. He knows it's their only hope to be free from bonds that hold him spiritually captive. Joseph looks forward to the day when he may see some of the young men who beat him standing in the presence of Jesus because of the words they heard on radio. Uh, This is from the book uh, that Wayne Peterson wrote. We had him uh, earlier in this half hour before his meeting started. Comfort, Courage, and the Cause of Christ. And then in the eighth chapter, uh, answering the call, uh, let me share this with you before the break. As he began his earthly ministry, Jesus issued a call to those who would be his first disciples. His most frequent invitation was, follow me. Those first disciples probably had no idea what they were getting into when they accepted that call and began following Jesus. It was only as they walked with him and learned from him that these disciples began to see what his calling meant for their lives. A similar thing happened for our organizations and ministries that seek to serve and carry out his great commission. Time and again throughout history, a man or a woman receives a call to do a specific work and a church or ministry or organization is founded to fulfill that calling. That's how Reach Beyond got its start. Clarence Jones asked God to guide his path. Then he heard a divine call that was simple and direct. Arise and go south with radio. Clarence wasn't sure how he should respond to this call. After all, when you live in Chicago, south covers a pretty large territory. He did what he could to discern the call more clearly, beginning with a significant practical step. Clarence visited Venezuela, Colombia, Panama, and Cuba to see if any of these countries was the specific south where God wanted him to go. But in each of these countries, the answer Clarence received was no. He returned to Chicago even more uncertain about how to follow God's calling. Adding to his frustration... His critics called his whole foreign episode a folly. Obviously, I would not be writing this book if Clarence never got clarity about his calling. Everything finally fell into place when he partnered with Ruben Larson, a missionary to Ecuador, with the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Together, Clarence and Ruben founded radio station HCJB in Quito, Ecuador in 1931. The reason it took so long for Clarence to get clarity about his calling is that God wanted him to do something that had never been done before, create the world's first missionary radio station. Quite a story. Following God's call, writes Wayne, is risky because you never know what's going to happen. And then uh, Clarence closes, Wayne Peterson closes by telling his story and uh, how he got into radio. And uh, his lesson's very simple. Make the gospel plain. Serve me with what you love, 
enlarge your world, get out of your comfort zone, earnestly seek God's will and call, studiously read God's word, actively listen for God's voice, open your eyes and see the world, allow God to break your heart, and sign the Reach Beyond Mission Manifesto. Uh, we will be back right after these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour, AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. Make your day a little brighter with God Vine videos. For the best cute and inspiring videos to lift you and strengthen your walk with God, visit us today at GodVine.com. Here's Martin Renforth, president of Above and Beyond AC. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, I'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. No matter how large or small, I'll send 10% of the purchase directly to your church. That's the Above and Beyond 10% promise. At Above and Beyond AC, we know you have a lot of AC companies to choose from. We hope you'll choose us, but we encourage you to get two quotes. You'll find that our pricing is always transparent and competitive. Call 407-483-7945. Right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. That's 407-483-7945 for Above and Beyond AC. Remember the Above and Beyond 10% promise. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, we'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. Call 407-483-7945. The church in America is experiencing a famine of God's Word. Hear the Word of God spoken faithfully each weekday evening at 7 on Armored by Truth at the new 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Wayne Peterson was our guest in that first segment, and uh, we talked about his book, Reach Beyond, and then I shared with you the uh, the last two chapters that I found very interesting, so we were glad that Wayne could join us uh, from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, Kathy Howard is with us <clears throat> from her home uh, in Houston, Texas, and her book is called Embraced by Holiness, The Path to God's Daily Presence. Uh, Kathy, so nice of you to join me. And uh, I look forward to our visit. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, that's great. I want you to tell, before we plow into your book, I have heard a lot about the Woodlands, First (laughs) Baptist Church. Tell me about the Woodlands and what is going on there spiritually. Well, you know, the the Woodlands is a suburb of Houston on the north side and quite affluent. There's a lot of uh, oil families that live there and, and that sort of thing. So you've got a community that financially is not very needy and so you know it's very easy when we have everything that we need materially to um, live independently from God Um, so we've got that issue going but but it's also you know we we live in the in the Bible Belt and so church going church and attendance can can be culturally motivated to a certain extent and so the, the challenge is, is probably more helping those who are familiar with Christ to truly be disciples. Mm. And Houston is a city of big, booming churches, isn't it? Oh, yes. In fact, if I'm remembering my statistics correctly, the largest church in the U.S. is in Houston, Lakewood. And then Second Baptist is a big work, I know that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, yeah, there there is there is no shortage of churches in the Houston area. There's um, and there's no shortage of of good solid churches too. Um, 
but I, I, I fear that we, we need to be doing a better job at really helping those church attenders to get into the Word, know what the Word says, know, um, know how Christ would have us live our lives day to day. Kathy's new book is called Embraced by Holiness, The Path to God's Daily Presence. Uh, what was the reason for writing the book, Kathy? Well, basically, it's in line with what we were just talking about. Um, my my heart is to, to really get people to fall in love love with God's Word, like I am. I'm just I'm just I love to teach it. I, I love to see people grasp the spiritual truths, and I, I really do see a need for holiness in the lives of God's people today. Um, I tell you, I was particularly struck again recently. Um, in fact, two years ago, when I was when I was really into finishing the manuscript for this Bible study, um, one of my daughters and and a and a friend of mine came to me separately, but but close together, just burdened with the fact that so many of the Christian women they knew were reading the new hot release uh, on the New York Times bestsellers list, Fifty Shades of Grey, and they were so concerned that these women who who claimed to love and follow God, didn't see anything wrong with reading this material that has classified itself as erotica. So they were so concerned, and, and, and now, a couple of weeks ago, the the hype started for the movie that will be released in February. And it just renewed in my mind the need for discipleship, the need to talk about holiness and what that looks like in the lives of God's people the book, the book, the movie, the desire to see that is is merely a symptom um, of what's going on on a greater level, on a deeper level. That we we don't understand God's call to holiness. So the, the book, the, the Bible study is is very timely. What is discipleship? Well, Jesus defines it himself as um, taking up our cross and following Him daily. Which I see that that idea of the cross. That that was that was symbolic of Christ's complete obedience to the Father. He he followed the Father to the very end, to the to the fullest extent, and gave his his very life. And so the cross for for us as believers is just surrendering ourselves completely and totally to the Lordship of Christ, to full obedience to the to the Father, and that's in every aspect of our lives. Um, we really tend to, particularly in the Bible Belt in the South tend to compartmentalize our lives so that we have our um, our work life here and we have our social life here, we have our family life here, and then there's there's that part of our life where we attend church and, and may be involved, and and so that's our that's our faith section over there. Mm-hmm. But that is that is not what Jesus intends. He intends for us to lay it all down before Him, and that that our trust, our faith, our obedience in Him saturates every one of those areas, so that, that Jesus is not just in charge of our faith compartment, but Jesus is in charge of every aspect of our life. There, there are no segments, there are no divisions, but he is, we give him, we allow him control of our work, of our family, of our social life, of our uh, recreation and our entertainment and our church life. Kathy Howard is with us from Houston. Uh, Her book is called Embraced by Holiness. Before we dive into that book, Kathy, uh, you've been teaching the Bible for 25 years. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that you had a desire to do that and had the ability to do it? You know, I I was raised in a a Christian home, and I, I made a profession of faith, or I realized the need for a Savior when I was eight. But for the next 18 years, I just struggled thinking, you know, I'm, I'm missing something. I don't have a real connection to God. I, I see things in other people's lives that I wish I had. And when I was 26 and my, my oldest child was a year old, I, I got the opportunity to quit full-time work and to stay home with her and, and be primarily a mom. And I got to attend my first ever ladies' Bible study. Mm. And it was through the book of Romans. God so got a hold of my life and my heart in that Bible study as I intensely dug into his word for the for the first time really. And it just I was so enamored with his word 
and so you know it, it was it was the biggest aha moment of my life and I thought wow I mean this is if I want to know God I can't do that outside of being in his written revelation to us and and so that was so much I, I knew that that was it was vital for our faith and our walk and so it captured me you know when you're when you're just so passionate about something, you want to share it with others, and you you just know everyone should be as passionate about it as you are. So that's where it started, and it wasn't long. And I I began teaching Sunday school, and I began teaching ladies Bible study, and it just grew from there. Do you remember <clears throat> who that teacher was that left such an imprint on you? Yeah, it, actually, I do. It was the it was the pastor of our church in Lafayette, Louisiana. His his name is Mike Walker. So my first ever ladies' Bible study was for ladies, but it was taught by the pastor of the church. Mm. And went verse by verse or chapter by chapter? Well, that part I don't remember as well. That has been a long time ago, and I had mommy brain at the time. Um, but, but yes, we went through the entire book, mm. and it was, it was really an expository-type study, just digging into the Word. Have you found uh, a book in the Bible that your favorite is your favorite to teach, Kathy? <laughs> I, I, of course, I love every book, um, but Hebrews, I think, is so unique in that it it brings together the Old and the New Testament. It's it's really kind of like a bridge for the Old and the New Testament. It it, it shows us that Christ is just all over it. <laughs> mm. That that it's not really two separate things, but a united whole when we understand the Old Testament in light of the New. And that's that's what I just love about Hebrews, because the author of Hebrews just, he connects all the dots there. And um, I, I love to teach that. I love to see the lights going in people's heads as they dig into Hebrews. Do you think we'll ever find out who wrote it? <laughs> there are there are a lot of, of theories as to as to who wrote it. Um, you know, we can rule some people out by some of the by some of the clues there. Um, you know, if if God wanted us to know, He would have made it clear. So I, I think we're fine with not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Howard is our guest. <clears throat> We've got more with Kathy. So stay with us on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, it's AM nine fifty. WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. I'm Pastor Randall James, and it's my honor to support my dear friend, Attorney Patricia Strobridge, or Circuit Judge of the Ninth Circuit Group 32. I had a memorable relationship with her late husband, the Honorable Judge Bob Waddles and I adore their children. As a wonderful wife and mother, Patricia Strobridge found time to serve as director of a nonprofit adoption agency and as a successful trial and appellate attorney. Patricia Strobridge is the only attorney in her race recognized as a board-certified expert by the Florida Bar Association, board-certified in two different areas of law. I have witnessed Patricia Strobridge's toughness, fairness, and compassion where appropriate. Patricia Strobridge has shown herself to be worthy of our expectations and deserving of our vote on August 26th. Nonpartisan election political advertisement paid for by committee to elect Patricia Strobridge, Circuit Judge Group 32. Hi, folks. Alan Thick here with an important message. If you or your business have years of unfiled tax returns, if you're being audited, worse yet, if you owe the IRS money, they have virtually unlimited power to garnish your wages, levy your bank account, even seize your home or business. But the game changes when you have a team of true professionals on your side, like the experts at Optima Tax Relief. With over 250 dedicated staff, Optima is the nation's premier tax resolution firm. Their team of attorneys deliver results and will fight to get you the best possible tax settlement. They can also introduce you to the Fresh Start Initiative. That's the official IRS tax debt forgiveness program, which could significantly lower your debt. Nobody is more effective at resolving complicated tax cases than the team at Optima Tax Relief, and they have an A rating with the Better Business Bureau. If a fresh start is what you need, Optima is who you want. Call 800-711-5743. That's 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour 
on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Kathy Howard is with us from Houston, Texas. We're talking about her book, Embraced by Holiness, The Path to God's Daily Presence. So, Kathy, what was the purpose behind this book? What did you want to accomplish? I, I want believers to, to understand God's call to holiness, why, why he calls us to holiness, what that means, that it's based on, on his character and who he is, because we are his representative, his light in this world, um, to to understand that holiness is truly for our good and for God's glory, what the benefits of living a holy life truly is, and then what that looks like in our daily life, uh, the practical aspects, you know, just really let holiness drive our decisions, um, the choices we make in our daily life. I, I, I love Bible study, and we can dig forever into what a passage means and what that looks like, but unless we allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to our lives, we have fallen short. We, we need to not just be hearers of the Word, as James said, but be doers as well. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I was going to ask you, uh, <clears throat> what does holiness mean? What is well holiness? The word itself, if you look into the to the the Greek and the Hebrew, and I'm not a scholar, but I can use tools with the best of them, is is to be set apart. the The Hebrew word means to be set apart from anything profane or anything that does not reflect the character of God. So we we set ourselves apart from this world, and we we set ourselves to God and His will and His purpose. We're set apart for his use. Kathy, your book consists of a six-week walk, and we're going to get into each week. But my my question is, is there something magical about six weeks? No, not really. Um, other than it's just, that that's kind of how, how it fell together when I started walking through the, the material I wanted to cover. I just wanted to just be honest about it. No magical number, no. Um and I've written Bible studies, um, one's nine weeks, one's 12, one's eight. So no real reason for it other than, than that's just how the material came together. Week one, Kathy, let's go. Arms open wide. Right. What does that mean? Arms open wide. The, the point of chapter one is to understand God's call to holiness, that it's, that it's based on who he is, and that when we seek to live a holy life, it creates deeper intimacy with God, that it is, that it is the sin in our lives. Even though you know, believers are we, are, we are forgiven, we are, we are positionally holy because of Christ's sacrifice before God. I mean, immediately when, when, when we're saved, when, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, we are declared holy by God. We are positionally holy before Him, but yet He he calls us to an ever-increasing um, practical holiness, if you will, that, that that positional holiness actually begins to be lived out in our life. So, so chapter 1 is really helping to show the readers that when we accept God's call to holiness and start getting rid of that, that sin in our lives, that we begin to, to develop a deeper and deeper intimacy with God because the sin in our life is like it's like bricks in a wall. All those things just pile up between us and God, so that so that we're unable to have that that close, satisfying relationship with Him that I would say dare say most believers really really want. It's it's very much like um, say a marriage relationship in which anything we do against each other and um, anything that we do to strain that relationship where we we harm or hurt the other person, it it does. It, it, it puts up, you know, again, it's like it's like we're building a wall of bricks between us and that person. It doesn't dissolve the marriage, and our sin as a believer doesn't dissolve our salvation or, or the fact that we belong to God and are his child, but it definitely strains the relationship and creates barriers. And um, there's passages in both the Old and the 
the New Testament in, in Psalm 24, who can ascend God's holy hill, but him whose walk is blameless. Um, and in and in Hebrews 12, 14, that, that um, the holy will see God. In other words, we'll, 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 be, we'll be close to God. The more that we obey him and live like he wants us to live, again, that, that closeness, that intimacy begins to form. Let's go to week two, Kathy. Up close and personal. Expanding a little bit on that on that same idea, uh, the more the benefits of what living a holy life looks like. In addition to um, the intimacy with God, it creates. We also find that that there's there's freedom in a holy life because again, even though as a as a forgiven sinner. Um, we are we are saved. We have eternal life. The the sin we still have in our life has consequences. In addition to um, distance from God, there's many other consequences, and so much of it is just the natural consequences of of the sin itself. Whether we we gossip or we're ugly to someone and it strains that relationship, or whether we steal something and we're arrested, there's nat- natural consequences, and so. The more we live a holy life, the more um, not only that deeper intimacy with God, but we have we have additional freedom in all areas of our life because we're we're set free from the consequences that our sin brings. Let's get to week three. <clears throat> you call it face to face. Face to face. How do we respond to the holiness of God in in um, Throughout the the Old Testament and the New Testament, in fact, we we walk through we walk through situations like when when Moses uh, came face to face with God in the burning bush, when when Peter came face to face with the glory and the holiness of Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, um, when Isaiah saw in in Isaiah chapter six when he saw the Lord high and lifted up on His throne and and how he responded. So because our call to holiness is based on the character and the nature of God, that, that as Leviticus says, and, and Peter repeats, that we are to be holy because God himself is holy. Uh, that is the basis for his call to us. It's because it's his character. And, and so each of those days in week three, we look at one of those characters in the Bible who encountered the glory of God, which is the manifestation of God's holiness, encountered God's glory, and, and how they responded. How did they respond? Um, and then, and then look at our own life. How should we respond to the holiness, or the holiness revealed God's glory? Week four, <clears throat> an extreme makeover. <laughs> an extreme makeover. We began to look at where our lives need to come in contact with holiness. Um, first of all, we we began with what I mentioned earlier, the positional holiness that we have before Christ. In fact, uh, in day one, we look at um, some passages in Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is another one that I love to teach um, because Paul does such an incredible job of showing the before and after, the spiritual makeover that happens in our lives when we come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is that positional holiness. What happens? We were dead in our sins, and then we are alive with Christ. We were separated from God, and now we're brought close. Um, all of those things, it creates a beautiful before and after picture of that positional holiness, who we were before salvation and who we are after salvation. What was Paul like? <clears throat> do, you, do you sometimes think about him, and what was he like when he was on this earth? Oh, I do. I do. Um, you know, Paul, <laughs> Peter is probably the one that I identify most with in Scripture. Uh, well, Peter and, and Martha, but Peter was, of course, very outspoken and tended to stumble and put his foot in his mouth, that kind of thing. And that is that is so me. That is really so me. And Paul, you know, and, and even, after, even after Peter came to know Christ, he still stumbled a bit. He seemed to have a little bit harder time um, figuring out how to run that race. And then Paul, you know, it's it's the passion of Paul, I guess, that so captures my attention, because before Christ, 
he was so passionate about what he thought was right because I have no doubt that he really thought that that those who were following Christ were were off base that they were wrong and when he, when Christ revealed himself to Paul Paul did a complete 180 degree turn like he he never hesitated after that he jumped in the deep end and never stopped he never stopped after that mm. and um that is what I would love to see for all of us is that it didn't matter what persecution he was going to face, um, he was going to obey Christ. And he was so, this, and this is something else I love about Paul. Paul was so um, zealous and jealous for those that he taught, um, for those that God allowed for him to, to share the gospel with that received salvation. He was so jealous that they hold tight to the truth, that they didn't let that go, that he do everything he could to protect them from false teaching, that um, that they just hold tight. In fact, I was just reading, in fact, the, our, our pastor this Sunday taught on uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, those first eight verses where he, he puts the gospel message in a nutshell and, and, and reminds the Corinthians that this was this is of first importance, it's this gospel message that I shared with you. Don't let go of it that, that Christ died according to the Scriptures, that he was buried according to the Scriptures and rose again three days later according to the Scriptures, that this is true and it's verified by witnesses. And don't ever um, sway from this. Hold tight to this. So just that desire he had to make sure those that God had brought into his path those that God had given him responsibility for, that he did everything that he could to um, protect them for Christ. And I think that's probably what I most admire about Paul and his ministry. Kathy Howard is with us from Houston. Her book is called Embraced by Holiness, The Path to God's Daily Presence. In week five, Kathy, you say, light us up. Yeah. What does that mean? Wow. In week five, we begin to look at the very practical side of what it means to live a holy life. And so week five really compares life the way the world encourages us to live it against life the way God calls us to live it. And and to see that the world is very dark, and when we live a life of holiness like God calls us to, we are truly light in the darkness and that God can use us, God can use our lives to draw people to himself. But if we're no different from the world, we're of no use to God like that. Then we're just dark like the world. Mm -hmm. But, But as we live the holy life, we literally are a, a, a beaconing light to those who are in desperate need of rest. But unfortunately, so many of us today, we tend to to live not too terribly different from the world. Um, So that's that call to holiness, that that call to really see how God would have us live and to allow his word to transform our thinking. And I I really, in, in this study, and I don't remember if it's week five or week six, but call believers to seriously um, evaluate what we allow into our mind. We look at Romans 12, verse 2, where it talks. Uh, Paul tells the Christians in Rome to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and then we will be able to test what God's will is and, and follow that will. So, And there's other passages in the New Testament that, that talk about our minds and the way that we think and how key that is to aligning ourselves with God. Because our thinking, our, our behavior is, is shaped by the way that we think. Kathy Howard, our guest. we got another segment with her on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. 
This goes out to all the constituents who spent the last two years rallying to bring back Burger King chicken fries. To at Kelsey Jones 1 who implored, is this a sick, twisted joke? Bring back those chicken fries. And to at Han Rich, who posted, how dare you? Hashtag devastated. And to at Laurie Zeladon, who wrote, I am going out of my freaking mind without hashtag chicken fries. We thank all of you for your unwavering support. Because of you, chicken fries are finally back at Burger King. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Obvious. If you're carrying emotional baggage, that's not considered a carry-on, so you won't have to pay extra. If a dog pees on your sandcastle, I'd start a new sandcastle. If you want to spend less on a hotel, keep listening by utilizing your ears. Get up to 30% off hotels during the Labor Day sale. Hurry and book by September 1st for travel by September 8th. Hotels.com, the obvious choice. Are you a mentor of young pastors? Hi, Bill Files here. You've heard me talk about half-price tuition. Now we have a great new program where pastors seeking a master's degree in divinity, biblical studies, or theology can purchase tuition to seminary in Central Florida at half price. No catch, no kidding. If you or someone you mentor could benefit from our half-price tuition program for master's degree programs in seminary, I hope you'll give me a call, 407-618-1760. Or visit our website, WTLN.com, and click on Amazing Radio Deals. Master's degrees in divinity, biblical studies, or theology at seminary in Central Florida at half price. Tell a friend about this incredible opportunity for first-year master's degree students. Half-price tuition, now for seminary. Financing is now available for seminary half-price tuition. Go to AmazingRadioDeals.com for details. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Kathy Howard is with us from Houston. Uh, we're talking about her book, Embraced by Holiness, The Path to God's Daily Presence. Okay, Kathy, week six, mm-hmm. running into his arms, you tell us. <laughs> well, that's where the rubber meets the road in, in week six, because we just get very practical about looking at our life and seeing where we need to align it with God's call. You know, looking at... Um, Following up on what we allow into our minds that we started talking about in, in week five, we, we talk more about discipleship and and what it is, and, and also talk about some of the, the spiritual disciplines, and like Bible reading and prayer and, and service and worship and, and how God uses those in our lives, and, and how we really do need to um, train ourselves to be godly, as, as Paul told Timothy, that that. It does take some discipline to actually um, align ourselves with God, and we may have to uh, break some old habits and and train some some new habits as we begin to shift our life to live in a in a holy manner. So we talk about that, and then we look at some some passage, passages in the New Testament, particularly in Ephesians, Colossians, where Paul talks about taking off the old man and putting on the new man. Just what does that look like in every aspect of our lives? Um, and, and really encourage them to spend time in the Word and praying so that God can show us specifically what areas of our life have maybe been unholy, that we need to, to make some changes and some corrections. So week six is all about practically applying what we've learned in the first five weeks. Kathy, what do you say to someone who would like to start doing a Bible study in their home mm. with neighbors or friends? I mean, what, 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 what? And they they just haven't gotten to it, or they're nervous, or they're scared, or what? Right. What, what do you tell them? Well, I have for years. I have been praying regularly that God would would give me a a burden for the loss. Of course, it all depends too on who their neighbors are. Are we, are we talking about, you know, a group of Christians? Are we talking about a group of folks who are not familiar with, with the Bible and that kind of thing? So um, particularly for people who don't have a church in a home who are unfamiliar with the Bible, a home Bible study is is a very non-threatening way to get started and to just make it as 
casual as possible and um, to make it just as, as easy as possible. I would, I would just suggest picking, picking what you're going to study very much based on who it is you're going to invite and to just be open and friendly and particularly the best, one of the best ways to set other people at ease is to, just for the leader to be so transparent. Um, I found that in my own years of, of teaching Bible study and, and speaking at women's retreats and that kind of thing. The more open I am with my own journey, uh, my own struggles, the times that I've fallen down, of course, um, sharing those with discretion, um, it, it helps people to see, you know what, I don't have to be perfect from the get-go. Um, it is, it is a, it's a journey, and it's, it's a progressive journey, and, you know, she has struggled, so it's okay for me to share mine, too. Um, so that, that so helps create that um, open, easy atmosphere as we share with each other like that. And just, you know, if we truly care about those folks, they're going to see that. And it may be a little bit nervous at first, but it won't take long for things to get comfortable. Kathy, you have written uh, a number of interesting books. Uh, one was called Before His Throne, <laughs> Discovering the Wonder of Intimacy with the Holy God. Right. Uh, what did you write about in that book? You know, it's, it's funny. That, it's probably the most, that is the most in-depth study that I've written. It's um, nine weeks through the book of Mal- Malachi. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's not too terribly many studies on Malachi out there um, to discover what it means, the joy and blessing of fearing God. And it's so funny because um, one of my other studies, God's Truth Revealed, I, I wrote during a season God had me in ministry teaching the Bible to people who'd never studied the Bible before. And as I was putting that curriculum together, and I, I would do 10 or 12-week sec- sessions with, with people, and then God was just doing amazing work at our church because he just kept bringing people to our church that had never studied the Bible. And one of the things these folks, almost every time I had a new class, as they would start to read God's Word, they, they would say, okay, you know, I've heard all my life that God is love, but now that I'm looking at the Bible, I see all this stuff about fearing God, and what does that mean? And so I, I gave them the pat answer I'd heard all my life. Oh, it means respect and awe. And while that's true, every time I gave that answer, the Holy Spirit would say, you know, that's, that's true, but... but there's, it's so deeper than that. There's so much to that. And so I had started I had started praying that God would teach me what it means to fear him. And I had been reading through the Bible that year, and I got to the minor prophets. And when I read the book of Malachi, God just so clearly spoke to my heart and said, okay, you have been praying, you've been asking me to show you what it means to fear me. And, and these four chapters right here, present a picture of a people who've lost their fear of me. And if you can see what that looks like, then you'll better understand what it, what it means to fear me. So I started studying Malachi, and, and that study just began to come together. And, and so that's really where it came from, was my own personal journey, desire of, of seeking to find out what it means to fear God. And then you wrote... Fed up with flat faith, <laughs> ten attitudes in action to pump up your faith. Right. What 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 was what was that about? Fed up with flat faith is it is not a memoir of of my of my faith, but it it actually was was spurned by um, birth from my own personal experience, and I shared a little bit of that with you earlier that I that I grew up the church up in the church and yet never had that passionate relationship with Christ that I wanted, that I always felt like I was missing something, that my faith just felt dry and routine and worn out from the very beginning. And um, so Fed Up With Flat Faith shares what what I discovered in my own personal walk and, and plus what I've discovered in studying God's Word, and that of course, we cannot fire up our own faith. We cannot create that passion ourselves. Only the Holy Spirit can do that in us. But he doesn't do anything without our obedient cooperation. And so there are things that we can do, um, attitudes we can have, and, and behaviors that we 
can undergo to position ourselves before God so he can do the work in us that he wants to do already. New Hope Publishers puts out uh, Kathy's books. They're in Birmingham, Alabama. And I want you to talk about one more of your books, Kathy. Mm -hmm. Unshakable Faith, Eight Traits for Rock Solid Living. Right. Well, there's there's that study on my favorite character, Peter. (laughs) Ah. I, I love Peter because he is unique in Scripture in that we get a very great picture of spiritual growth in Peter's life. We see him when he first comes to know Jesus. We see him make huge mistakes and fall down. And then we see how God picks him up, <laughs> dusts him off, um, sets him into ministry, and, and really grows his faith to be rock solid. And so watching Peter's experiences with Christ and watching, uh, reading Peter's teaching through his letters and Peter's growth in the book of Acts, that study does that. And we, we, we actually, each week of the study, it's eight weeks long, each week looks at a different character trait that God instilled in Peter that, that brought him from that, that shaky fisherman who denied Christ when things got tough to that rock-solid Christian missionary and leader who would never deny Christ again, who gave his life at the end, as we know through church tradition. Kathy, a million thanks. It's uh, been wonderful to talk to you. Congratulations on your latest book, Embraced by Holiness, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again along the way. Thank you. Kathy Howard, our guest. We've got a wrap-up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, AM 950, WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 950 WTLN. If you miss the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace, Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. The uh, Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We always are happy when you plug in. In that first segment, Wayne Peterson was with us, president of Reach Beyond, and author of Reach Beyond. We uh, had a good visit with him. And then Kathy Howard joined us from Houston, uh, talking about her latest work, Embraced by Holiness. Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page is Orlando Magic Pat. And my latest book is out. It's called Triumph, and it consists of 105 sports stories, faith-based uh, Barber Books put the book out. It's in bookstores now uh, in the Christian Inspiration or the Sports section. And you can always order books up on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com as well. So I hope you enjoy that latest one called Triumph. Uh, we'll be back next weekend for more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to AM 950 WTLN. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.